This is Rick. And this is Patrick. And we do not endorse this message. Dream big, boy, gonna make it. Step tall, there's a higher road to take it. Let go of everything that you know. And be wild in the mystery. Welcome to the Beards and Bible Podcast. A podcast that brings together a love for good beer and Bible discussion. You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. And on Twitter at Beers and Bible P1. You can also email us at Beers and Bible Podcast at gmail.com. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. In the words of the reformer Martin Luther, whoever drinks beer, he is quick to sleep. Whoever sleeps long does not sin. Whoever does not sin enters heaven. Thus let us drink beer. So let's join our hosts, Rick and Patrick, for this week's discussion. Welcome to episode number 62 of the Beers and Bible Podcast. I am Patrick. And I am Rick. And we're happy to be back. So Sunday afternoon, and we're recording at a different time, and it's going to be fun. Yeah, we've had some stuff going on, couldn't record for various reasons, and and here we are. We're we're getting caught back up. So, uh, Rick, what's going on? How are you doing, bud? Man, I have been busy at work. Uh, we've had some staff changes and moving around, so I've been working with new people and, and uh, rearranging, and just a lot of busyness seems to be like happening at work, eating up a, a little bit of my time, but, but we're getting back to normal, I guess you could say, as close to back to normal as we could be um, in in the midst of COVID that's still happening. I'm, yeah. I'm so fed up with COVID that I'm, I just, I'm done with it. <laughs> I, but. To- I totally, I second that, and COVID can go uh, pound sand, is, is what I'm going to say there, so. Yes, yes. Um, How about you, man? What's going on in your neck of the woods? Uh, you know, we've uh, we've been doing some things around the house, getting it, you know, more homey, and uh, I, work is sucking my soul out slowly, <laughs> day by day. Um, it's just really slow right now, and um, just not as, not as, uh, busy as we would like to see it not as uh it's not as much to do and it's just kind of long days of sitting at my desk doing a whole lot of nothing because there's not a whole lot to do yeah i say it always sucks when you're slow because it's like the day is is twice as long as it's supposed to be mm-hmm. and that and you're like man i hate that like it's not that i hate my job it's just that i hate going to work because i know it's going to be slow yeah well right now i hate my job for what it's worth <laughs> so um for reasons that we can discuss at another time so but, uh, so, uh, today, this afternoon, it's like, it's afternoon. So, um, we're day drinking. Yes. Yeah, that's we what are, we're doing. Yes. And <laughs> I haven't had anything to drink today. So this will be, this will be a good one. Um, we had to get different beers. Uh, Rick just got a beer and said, good luck finding it. And I was, Patrick was unable to find it. So, um, <laughs> <I will. laughs> yeah. So Rick, what are you, what are you drinking today? Today I'm going to drink and I fell for this one because it's an amber. It's the Mosey Lager from Avondale Brewing. And this thing comes in at 4.6 uh, ABV and 20 IBUs. Um, now, I'm, this is something new that I have not seen, uh, but they actually have a recommended drinking drinking temperature. Um, and they recommend that you drink this beer at 55 degrees. Now, I am a cold beer advocate. I want that beer as cold as possible. That's when I like it the most. 
So I'm not going to drink my beer at 55 degrees, uh, but uh, Avondale recommends 55 degrees for whatever it's worth. All right. Cool. So what do you got today, Patrick? So today I am drinking the um, Icelandic White Ale from the Einstock Beer Company. Um, I think Einstock is like in Europe somewhere. I could be wrong. But I'm having a hard time finding its location. I, th I think they are. Um, and uh, I have actually... So I've actually had the one that you're having today. Mm -hmm. um, I had, I just bought it kind of on, on the random one time. We, we didn't get to, to uh, review it, but I drank it anyway. So I enjoyed it. I'm going to let you know I enjoyed it. Um, and I hope you will enjoy it too. I don't know where they are, but I think... It says... The website says they are Iceland's number one craft beer. So... yes. They I'm going to say they're Iceland. in Iceland is going to be. Yes. Where? I've actually wanted to go to Iceland before. So Iceland is in the Norwegian Sea in between Greenland and Norway. Right. It's literally just a big island in the middle of yes. the ocean. Yeah. Okay. So I'm drinking a beer from Iceland. Cool. Neat. He's going worldwide. Yeah. Ladies and gentlemen. So, so my beer is uh, 5.2 ABV. Um, it pairs, they say, with uh, seafood, poultry, veggie dishes, Asian food, spicy food. It looks like it pairs with anything. Um, and so, yeah, the can is really simple. It's just like a white. And so this is, I, I guess it makes sense knowing that it's from somewhere else. It doesn't fit in my Yeti thing the right no, way. It's a little if smaller. you look at it, it is 11.2 ounces. It is. That's a little little disappointing. There's going to be about one ounce less than mine. So, um, there's like a Viking on it. Do you see this thing? Yes, I have. I, I love, I, like, if I were going to get another tattoo, I might get that Viking tattooed on my chest or something. That'd be dope. <laughs> I'd also get the little, like, hatchet-looking thing, the cross hatchets. Dude, that is cool. So, yeah, 5.2 ABV. Uh, they don't have any other information on here, so but that's what I'm drinking. And uh, I'm ready to crack it open and, and get to going. Well, let's crack them open, get today drinking. And review some beers. Here we go in three, two, one, crack. That's a good small beer. So I just cheated a smidge because mine was spewing. Well, it was either loose it was either loose beer or cheat a little. I I did cheat a little. But this thing is so I am definitely a fan of the Ambers, um, as you all well know. I was about to say, really? I didn't realize that. <laughs> I'm definitely a fan of the Ambers, uh, which is why I brought this one. Check out the color on this thing, man. Oh, that's that's a nice looking beer. Yeah, and it's got it's got the it's almost got this like hazy mm -hmm. amber look to it. Yeah, mine is actually pretty hazy too. It's very pale. Like you see that right yeah. there. It's pretty mm -hmm. pale, but it's got a good bit of haze in it. Um, it's got a really nice smell. I'm excited as uh, as I can be here. So um, <laughs> let's get to well, let's turn up, turn them up, and see what we're gonna give them. Bottoms up. They recommend 55 degrees. I recommend about 39 degrees. Well, mine is really good. Um, yeah, that's, 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 that's not bad. 
if I, I, I remember drinking a few of, of the Einstocks and they were, they were pretty good. This one's pretty good too. Ain't gonna lie. This is, this hits right up the Amber Alley that I like. I'm about to say it's anything Amber is probably going to get high praise from you. <laughs> it really is. So tell me about yours. Is it good? What, what is it? So it's mine is, it's pretty good. Um, It's got some citrusy notes in it, mm-hmm. which is what I was expecting. Um, it's very smooth. There's not a there's not a really there's not a tartness like a like a grapefruit tartness or anything like that. It's pretty sweet, um, but it's not overly sweet. It's middle of the road, I guess is the best I would be able to describe it. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to give it four and a half Luthers. Okay. That's how that's how good I, I like it. It's not quite a Hershey chocolate porter. <laughs> um, it's not quite everything's no, getting compared to the Hershey chocolate quite, porter now. <laughs> it's not quite like a no crust or anything like that. Um, but it's pretty good, and I will um, happily drink the rest of these at my leisure in the next few days, or in the next few hours. Just depends. Yeah, whatever. Depends <laughs> on how the rest of the afternoon goes. Days, hours, who's counting? Um. <clears throat> Well, the uh, the Mosey, if I had to compare this, um, you'll probably figure it out I'm big on comparisons and, and relating these ones. I would have to put this one right up there close to the uh, Fairhope I Drink, Therefore I Amber, um, which you all know got five Luthers from me. And I think, I think you gave it five Luthers as well. I'm trying to remember. I Drink, Therefore I Amber? I yeah, honestly don't was, remember. It was the Fairhope Brewing we did. Yes, a, a we while both back. we both gave it five. Yes. So, this one is almost to that. It's not quite there, um, but it but it's really close. So I'm going to come in at four and a half Luthers on mine on mine as well. Hmm. Um, it's it's really good. This would be a great uh, dinner beer. This would be a great after dinner beer. Um, I don't really. I mean. I wouldn't want to chug this like after I've cut the grass or something. I know there's some beers I do that with, but I wouldn't want to do that because it's just, it's got a good flavor. The only thing I don't like, uh, is it's a little bit more bitter than the, I drink therefore Amber. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, so that's a, that's like the one little Nick that, that takes it down to four and a half. But other than that, it's got great texture. It's got great flavor. It's uh it's the exact flavor you would expect out of an Amber beer. Um, and yeah, so it comes in comes in at four and a half. Um, Avondale, excellent work there on the uh, on the Mosey. Mm-hmm. On stock and as well, very good job on the White Ale. Enjoyed that very much. So, so yeah, there you go. Four and a half from both Rick and Patrick today on on our respective beers. And I just uh, went back and looked. We haven't done uh, two beers. Like I'm not counting the Yinglings the last couple of weeks because mm-hmm. if we would have had those at the same time. But we yeah. have had we have done several weeks where we've had different beers and we have both rated ours the same, the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so good. I don't know if that we means, always, I don't know if that means anything, but it's, you it, know. it probably, well, hopefully it means that there's a lot of good breweries out there. That's what, that's what it means. That's because what, we always try to get the same style beer, even if it's not from the same brewery. Right. So, or we just both enjoy beer in general and it doesn't really matter. Which is also a fact that we both enjoy beer. And it doesn't really matter. So, um, but Avondale, Einstock, good work. Keep them uh, coming. Good, good brewing. 
we appreciate you. We uh, we hope you appreciate us reviewing your beer. And uh, today, so we are recording this just a mere ten days before the election, and we kind of we kind of finished up our discussion on the Bible last week, and so we are going to head into a discussion. Preferably a not heated discussion, um, but we're going to head into a discussion about the upcoming election. And as Christians, uh, Patrick and I are just going to talk through how we believe that Christians should engage with this act, with uh, with the election. Um, so, so stick around, and we will be back after this break. From that amazing musical break that is the same as every other musical break that we've had for like the last 30 weeks. Um, we are going to tread into, what am I saying? We do this all the time, man. <laughs> we we talk about all kind of crazy controversies. We're diving right into the deep end, dude. <laughs> diving into the deep end. And the lifeguard so, took a break. <laughs> that's right. The lifeguard is off peeing in the pool and we're, we're swimming somewhere else in a different pool. But we thought... Uh, why not talk about the election since it's what's on everybody's mind and this episode is going to release the Tuesday or the Friday before you vote, unless you voted early. Yeah, um, like, like, like I voted the other day, so this so, will release like a week after I vote, but yeah. three days before election. Patrick is a good citizen and voted early. Rick is a bad citizen and is going to vote on election day. Well, I really wanted to vote on election day because there's just something like proper and just seems more official to vote on election day. Mm-hmm. But I scheduled a dentist appointment that day, so I don't. I was going to just go ahead and vote, so I didn't have to miss an entire day of work because <laughs> um, I don't have a day of work to miss. No more PTO. No, I have, I have four hours left for the next two months. That's terrible. That's terrible. So the the question that that seems that everybody seems to be debating, especially on Christian evangelical side is should we or should we not vote for Donald Trump? Um, I don't think there's really any case to be made that is a positive vote for Joe Biden. Now, does that mean that there are evangelicals that are, there are not evangelicals that will vote for Biden? No, that that's going to happen. They, they will vote for him and they have their reasons for voting for him. I just, I don't believe there is a good reason to vote for Joe Biden. Um, My whole thing with voting for Joe Biden is if you have been watching any of the stuff that's gone on the last four weeks, anytime he's in front of a camera, anytime he interacts with another human, um, anytime he opens his mouth, basically, I mean, how, how can you process everything that you're seeing as, yep. That's the guy I want leading our country. <laughs> I, I just don't, I don't understand how that can be, how that's even plausible. And I, and I understand there are going to be people that hear that and be like, wow, he doesn't get it. Um, to me personally, I just don't see how, how you can look at that and with a clear conscience, say Joe Biden is the best option to run this country. Yeah. To be fair, though, let's be fair. 
50% of the time, you could also say the same thing about Donald Trump. Yes, but it's not 100% <laughs> of the time. It's, it's, it's true. Look, I mean. <laughs> look, and, and, and here's, here's, here's my defense of, so, yes, I voted for the other day. Yes, I voted for Donald Trump. You're not supposed to say who you vote for, but I'm going to because, let's be real, that's not going to be a big surprise that I voted for. No, it's not. Um, I look at his body of work. We talk about body of work a lot in other areas of um, entertainment, sports, whatever. So if you look at his body of work over the last three and a half-ish years, he's done a lot. He's done a lot of very good things. I would be interested. I'm interested to see what he could do with four more years. Mm-hmm. And presumably COVID will eventually go away. So he'll actually get to do some stuff. Um, but to me, the, the, and, and I understand the crawl with, with Donald Trump is he just seems like a trash person. Mm-hmm. He seems like he treats, he, he just comes across as, a trash person. He comes across as um, someone who just like is is just a jerk, and, and, and I get that. I totally understand that. Um, and and we might differ on this, and it's totally plausible. But if you take the personalities out of the whole situation and just listen to what they are saying, not how they are saying it. But what they are saying, I can justify voting for Trump way more than I can justify voting for Biden. If you are a what's called a policy voter, um, if you are a policy voter, then then realistically, unless unless you're a progressive, which is entirely possible, um, policy wise, a vote for Trump is the only vote that actually makes sense. the the I mean, Joe Biden just the other day actually said in the debate that he wanted if he were elected, he was going to take steps to end the oil industry. Now, I, I want you to think about that for just a second, because you're talking about a guy who wants to be president, who wants to take down an entire industry that fuels and funds America. If you don't realize how much the oil industry, how much of America is reliant on the oil industry. Let me break it down for you real quick, okay? Number one, you drive to your job in a car that is produced in an oil-powered factory made with oil-fired parts, um, and you drive to your job that is funded by oil-fueled electricity that, uh, you know, oil is in almost every facet of everything that we do. Mm -hmm. So getting rid of oil, now... Does that mean I'm opposed to alternative sources of, of energy and, and fuel? No, I'm not opposed to them until they make sense, like oil does. Oil is cheap. Oil is readily available. Oil, we're not running out. We have so many reserves right now, which is why your gas price has gone down. Right, we have here. It's not something we're having to buy from. Don't we have oil here? Is that is there, oh, yeah. did I make that up? That's okay, part, yeah, no, that's, the look on your face was like, you made that up. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, no, no. We, we have lots of oil, which is part of the reason because, um, because uh, when, so several months ago, I'm going to show what kind of dork I am now. Several months ago, when the oil price bottomed out, Donald Trump actually uh, instructed whoever it was that does all that 
to buy up tons of oil and put them in reserves. So he refilled the reserves when oil was basically nothing. Mm-hmm. And then if the price goes back up again, we can tap into our reserves. And so what ha- what it has done is it has it says to the world, hey, here's America. They have plenty of oil reserves, so we can't jack up the prices to try to manipulate them because if we jack up the prices, they'll just quit buying from us and they'll use the reserves until the prices go back down. It's almost like a businessman is running the country. It's it's crazy. It's crazy. And, and here and here's the thing, like you talk about oil prices, the cost of gas, you know, if Donald Trump says, Hey, we're gonna this is what we're gonna do to keep the cost down, that shows a tremendous amount of care and concern for the American people for keeping as much money in their pocket as possible. And I know it's not like about harvesting money. Like I know as believers, we're supposed to give and give generously to all these causes. But if you don't have money to give, then, then what, what, (laughs) how how are we supposed to live our lives as believers? That, that, and that is why, uh, you know, everybody, it's funny to me that, that they thought that releasing Donald Trump's tax records was going to like destroy him. And, And honestly, it, it probably bol- bolstered him more than it did anything else because what happened is when, when they saw Donald Trump, a billionaire, paid $750 in income taxes. Now, I'm not going to debate the, the differences between uh, capital gains taxes, all these different types of taxes mm-hmm. that you can pay. Donald Trump paid <clears throat> more than $750 in taxes. Let me just go ahead and guarantee you that. Yeah, I don't care what his return said. I bet you a dollar you can go look through. I'll, I'll bet you a thousand dollars you can go look through his business returns and the businesses that he probably filed for because corporate taxes don't fund back to the individual unless you are an S corp. I'm not going to get into that, but here we go. Um, You're not going to, but you almost did. <laughs> I almost did. So it, it's the it goes back to the whole Warren Buffett pays uh, less in taxes than his secretary. Well, that's because he pays his secretary too much money. Mm-hmm. And she has to pay income taxes, and Warren Buffett doesn't pay income taxes because he's an individual anyway. So uh, Donald Trump paid $750 in personal income taxes off of the income that he made because he had write-offs and all of this kind of stuff. And he legally took tax credits and tax breaks that he could legally do, and he legally spent money. He did not do anything illegal, and he paid $750 in taxes. Now, yeah. every libertarian in the world went... Hey, wait a minute. He did that? I'm going to vote for that guy. <laughs> yeah. That, here, that was the thing. Um, I've been listening to the Michael Knoll show. Shout out to Michael Knoll show. Um, he won't listen to this. He doesn't care. Um, We're going to tag you. Yeah, we are. He's, he's going to be like, get me off of this thing. Who are these, who are these idiots? And why are they no, anyway, me? no, but you know, he said, you know, you know, here's the tax return. There was a whole article about like all this stuff. And there wasn't anything illegal that Trump did. Nope. They, they were just basically like showing you what Trump did, but they couldn't pin anything on now, it because he didn't do anything illegal. So here, and here's the kicker of all of that. The majority of the loopholes and regulations and laws that Trump used were written by Joe Biden and, and, Barack, the Obama, and Barack Obama and the Democrats. And the Democrats. Yes. Yep. So, so there... The reason they're upset is because a Republican used the loopholes that they designed for themselves. That's that's why they're upset. How dare so, he? 
you what know, was he thinking? Using the code that other people wrote for somebody else. You know, it's, I always I love to I love to sit back and laugh at, at Democrats and liberals because they get upset when people actually do the things that they wrote into law that they they meant for themselves. Yeah, they don't expect other people to do it. Yes, they don't expect other people to get smart to the idea that. <laughs> yeah, it's so. Because that's the thing. They write all these loopholes into this stuff to help their friends out, and then people actually take advantage of the loopholes, and they get upset about people taking advantage of the loopholes. It, but anyway, so I, I, that was a complete rabbit trail. <laughs> it's okay. We're allowed we're gonna, to We're going to do that hey, a lot today. Just so you know, we're not um, following any kind of notes or anything, so this is really mm-hmm. just free discussion um, on on the election, on... Kind of where we stand, candidate-wise. It's pretty clear where I stand. Rick is a little more gray area, I think. So, yes, um, I'm definitely going to be a little bit more gray area. And and here's, so... He has a good reason. We actually talked about it. He has a pretty decent... Yeah. He has a good reason. So, I'm going to say this right here. Um, one of the things that I try to teach my kids is that your tone defines your attitude. Okay? The way you say something defines your attitude and that is reflected to the people that you influence okay so and 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 this is really kind of my biggest hang-up with donald trump is somebody please take away his twitter account please uh if if his twitter account went away i i honestly believe he would be one of the great presidents i i really do because he wouldn't be able and and you know, everybody's comparing, I've heard people comparing Donald Trump and the, the way that he acts and his policies to Ronald Reagan. And and I think there is at least a fair comparison. But here's the thing. Ronald Reagan didn't have social media to run his mouth on. Right. And so, so you know, well, and, maybe he kept uh, his run his mouth in the White House, which is where it needs to stay. Well, and, and here's the thing about Reagan. As, as far as I know, Reagan didn't go on any kind of late night shows or, I mean, Trump hasn't been invited to a late night show since his presidency, I don't think, because they don't like him. But, you know, Reagan wouldn't go and do an interview and brag about how great a job he was doing. Reagan just put his head down, got work done, and made America great. Donald Trump is getting work done and making America great again. Ha, hashtag, ayo. Um, <laughs> but he's doing it from this from the stance of like, look at what look at what I have done. Yes. Look at what our administration has done. And yes, you should be very proud of what you've done. And Donald Trump, I think, has a very good foundation to stand on for being proud of what his presidency has done. Um, but at the same time, he's got to have a he's got to have a humble spirit about him. And I don't think there's a humble bone in Donald Trump. No, there's not. And and, and that's what happens when you have a guy who has made as much money as he has. There's, I don't know if you can name a single millionaire billionaire that is overtly humble in public, like like in in the public eye, like Donald Trump is. No, there, there's going to be a certain level of, of boastfulness there. Um, and, and I, you know, I, I think I could tie that back to a couple of, of scripture verses where you say, you know, money is not evil, but money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the, root of, all the love evil. of money is the root of all evil. And so you, when you get to a, a level like Donald Trump is, 
or somebody like Bill Gates or, you know, John pick your, yeah, pick your billionaire. Um, their, their love is fueled by the money that they make. Their, mm-hmm. their dedication mm-hmm. is fueled to the money, that, you know, and at some point it's, it's all a game to them because they have so much that it doesn't matter anyway. Um, so at that point it's, it's really just a game to them. But, you know, when, when I, when I tell my kids that your, your tone, your rhetoric determines your attitude. And I tell my kids to watch what you say and pay attention to what you say and, and don't be around people who are going to carry themselves in a way that you're not going to carry yourself. And, and I, and I instill that into my children, the trouble and the, I guess the, the cognitive dissonance that I have is how do I turn around and do the same thing or the opposite of the thing that I'm trying to teach my kids not to do, mm-hmm. you know, how do I do that? How do I justify that in my mind? Um, because I'm, I'm literally doing the opposite of what I tell my kids. And, and I can tell you right now, I'll tell my daughter to do something. And, and then five minutes later, I'll blow off the handle and she'll be like, but dad, you just told me. To, and I'm like, you shut your mouth. You shut your mouth when you're talking to me. You know? <laughs> I'm like, those rules don't apply to me because I'm an adult. And, and, you know, but, but the point is there. Why do we, and, and honestly, I believe this is why we have ended up with somebody like Donald Trump, because we've gone so far down this road of choosing the lesser of two evils, mm-hmm. of, of compromising what we believe in order to attain, excuse me, in order to attain or keep this perceived political power that we have, that, that we have been willing to sacrifice this, and then that gets eroded away to this next thing, and that gets eroded away to this next thing. And, and the moral majority of the 1990s is now, we don't care what his morals are as long as he's going to vote for the things that we like, mm. you know, mm-hmm. and, and that's the, that is the trouble that I have. And, and that is the, the, uh, I guess, confliction that I have in my, in my soul is how do I support this? Even though I know the policies of Donald Trump, the, the Supreme court nominees of Donald Trump, the, they're going to benefit Christians. They're going mm-hmm. to be positive for Christians. They're going to be positive for um, the Christian worldview. They're going to be positive in the way of religious liberty. Um, I know all of those things because I've seen his policies in action over the last four years. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some people will argue that that makes me a bigot or that makes me a homophobe or that makes me a xenophobe or that makes me this or that or this or that. Okay, if you want to make that argument, make that argument on policy. Don't, you know, don't don't come after me with a straw man argument saying that I'm that because I support this, but make that make that argument on on policy or on ideas, you know. Um there's a book called Ideas Have Consequences and I and I believe that that's where we have gotten as conservatives and as Republicans, we have embraced this idea that the cleanest shirt in the closet is the one we're supposed to put on. When in when the reality is Maybe we need to just take the shirts and not go out of the house for a little while and put them in the washing machine mm-hmm. and wash them and then put them back on. Yeah. You know, and, and so am I, am I a little different? Yes, I'm, I'm definitely in a different place than where you are. Mm-hmm. Does that mean I'm going to vote for Joe Biden? Absolutely, positively no. And, and something else that I want to say is that for, for – people who want to stand up and say, if you don't vote for Trump, you may as well be voting for Biden. Stop that stupid rhetoric. Mm -hmm. It is dumb. 
and, and it doesn't make any sense. You vote for the person that your conscience tells you to vote for. If that's Joe Biden, you vote for Joe Biden. If that's Joe Jorgensen, you vote for Joe Jorgensen. If that's Donald Trump, you vote for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. But voting for one person is not voting against another person. Yeah, a vote for somebody is just a vote for that person. It's exactly right. And so, and, and, and even, and I'll bring up the, the article that's been circulating around here the last week or so by John Piper, where John Piper essentially argues that Christians need to not vote. Um, he, you know, he, he says you can't support somebody who is definitely pro abortion and who is definitely pro, you know, destruction of, of empire and industry and, mm-hmm. and commerce and economy, which is really, that's the stance that Joe Biden has taken yeah. and in his own words. That's the stance that he has taken. He is going to destroy industry. Mm-hmm. Um, you can't support that on the flip side. You can't support somebody whose character and morals are so outlandishly bad that, you know, you wouldn't want to be friends with that person. You know, here's the thing. I do not want to be friends with Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. I I don't want to be associated with Donald Trump as a person. His policies are different, but as a person, I don't know. I don't want to be around that. I don't want to subject my kids to that, my family to that. I don't. Yeah. And so at the end of the day, you know, what's a Christian to do? Maybe the best thing to do is to not vote. Now, in, in that case, if every evangelical in America did not vote, Joe Biden would win in a landslide. Mm-hmm. There, there would be no doubt about it. He would win <clears throat> in a landslide. But the, 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 what is said to the Republican Party is, if we produce another candidate like this, we're not going to get support. Mm-hmm. We need to quit producing candidates like this. Yeah. And so, you know, I, I, don't, I don't know. It's it's hard mm-hmm. because you you not voting means man I'm gonna have to live through four possibly eight years of hell, you know policies that are gonna be against me policies that are gonna destroy the thing that I love. Mm-hmm. But at what point does your does your personal integrity matter more than the country? Yeah. So that's my I mean that's my well, argument. That's and and here's the thing like. As, a, as believers, we have to put our hope in the fact that this country isn't going to last for forever anyway. It's not. Um, and it's not to say, like, you should go out and be part of the reason why it ends. Like, that's not what I'm saying at all. But yeah. if, if tomorrow North Korea came in <clears throat> and, and, over, and I've, I'm, sure, I'm sure I've mentioned this, if North Korea or China came in and invaded our country and said, you're part of China now or you're part of North Korea now, like your life would change dramatically, but your faith shouldn't be shaken. Your faith shouldn't be. So, you know, the, the, I I feel like the, I think I feel like part of the problem with evangelical Christians, especially in the part of the country where we live in the South Mm -hmm. equate patriotism with Christianity or vice versa. And, you know, if you, if you love America, like, like I'm, I'm sure this argument has been said. I'm sure I've heard it, but it's, uh, if you love Jesus, you'll vote for Republican. Yes. And, and, and here's the thing. There are going to be thousands of people that go to the polls on election day mm-hmm. that vote for Joe Biden who love Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and, do. and, and we have to be okay with that as believers. We have to be okay with that as, as somebody 
who voted for Donald Trump, I have to be okay with the fact that yeah. a brother or sister in Christ consciously went to the poll and voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. Here's, so, the, here's the reality of whoever gets elected, whether it's Joe Biden or Donald Trump, whoever mm-hmm. gets elected. The reality is Joe Biden is a human being made in the image of God that carries the Imago Dei, the image of God in his life. Mm-hmm. We have a responsibility to pray for him, mm-hmm. to pray for people to come in contact with him, to share the gospel with him. Uh, we have that responsibility as Christians. We have to take the gospel wherever we are and realize that the gospel is bigger than America. On the flip side, we have to realize that Donald Trump is the exact same person. Mm-hmm. He is a person made in the image of God, and we have to pray for him, and we have to pray that people will bring the gospel to him and pray that the, that something would interfere in his life and change his life. Oh, and go ahead. Here, here's here's the big one. So, you know, talk about Joe Biden a lot. He's 78 years old. It's very unlikely he lives the next four years if you look at his cognitive decline in the last few months even. So Kamala Harris is a person made in the image of God. Yeah. We need to pray for her. If, if they get elected, and she, if she ascends to the presidency, we need to pray for her, pray mm-hmm. for somebody to come into her life and share the gospel with her. Like, that's, yes. that is hard. It is. For, it is. For, for a believer and for a Republican to hear. Because, because when, when you read Facebook and you read the comments about those nasty Democrats and those godless Democrats and this and that, and, and everything is about how gross this person is, again, I'm going to go back to my statement. Your attitude, your tone reflects your attitude. Mm-hmm. If you say those things, then you believe them in your heart about that person. Yeah. And so, you know, think about the words that you say. Think mm-hmm. about the words that you choose. I want to take just a second and I want to read the last two paragraphs of this John Piper article because I believe this is a great thing to think about and and we're and we're going to keep discussing this but he says i will be asked to give an account of my devotion to this life Mm. uh this life-giving calling uh he's talking about being a pastor the the world will ask and the lord of heaven will ask and my conscience will ask what will i say with a cheerful smile i will explain to my unbelieving neighbor why my allegiance to jesus set me at odds with death. And he, he's talking about in this article, he's talking about the death of uh, death of sin, specifically abortion and specifically the, the seven deadly sins that are, that are listed out in the Bible, you know, pride, arrogance, lustfulness, boastfulness, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he says, I will be asked to give an account, uh, death by abortion and death by arrogance. I will take him to Psalm 139 and to Romans 1. And if he is willing, I will show him how abortion and arrogance can be forgiven because of Christ. And he points to Ephesians 1.7. And I will invite him to become an exile, to have a kingdom that will never be shaken, not even when America is a footnote in the archives of the new creation. And, and we... As Christians, we need to quit thinking about America as the city on a hill. America is not the city on a hill. The church is the city on a hill. And not the church in America. The church worldwide. Mm -hmm. The European church. The Asian church. The Chinese church. The North Korean church. The South Korean church. The Middle Eastern church. 
all of that church, the African church, all of that church is the city on a hill. We need to quit thinking about America being the example and start thinking in terms of the church globally, the church worldwide, and how can we keep the church worldwide to be a city on the hill, even if that means the destruction of our own country. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And that has to be more important. The church has to be more important than our country. And if it's not, then we've gotten our priorities out of whack. We've put ourselves in the place of making America the first priority and then the church. And, and maybe you disagree with me and I would love to hear your disagreements with me. Um, you know, send us messages and all that kind of stuff. We'll, yeah. we'll tell you where to do that after, at the end. You, yeah. Send hate mail. <laughs> yeah. I, I really do think that American believers have this like bubble mentality that like, like if you're not part of the American church, you're not part of the church. Yes. Like, like there's almost like a, like a, uh, snootiness would be like the mm-hmm. best, the best word I can think of. But like as someone who's been to a third world country and witnessed church and witnessed fellowship of a third world country, like I would argue that they've got a better understanding of it mm-hmm. than we do. So we need, we as believers in America need to stop walking around. Like we've got it all figured out because we don't No, we no, don't, we don't. I, we don't. I mean, our church a vast majority of our churches are very surface level, are very um, <sighs> what is the word? Well, it's the analogy that I like to use is the American church is very much like the Jewish church or the synagogues of, of Jesus' time. They're very concerned with who they are mm-hmm. and less concerned with who everybody else is. Mm, yeah. You know, um, their, their prominence and their stature is all that matters to them. Mm-hmm. And and if you're not up to their prominence in their statue, because, uh, I mean, think about what Jesus did. He came into very established, very prominent religion. They had very deep ties to the political region, uh, to the political system, mm-hmm. and, and had a lot of sway in the political system in that time. And even to the point where, I mean, they were still looking for a Messiah. They wanted, they thought their Messiah was going to come through the political system. They had disagreements with the political system, but they still thought their Messiah was going to come and be a political, you know, overthrower or, or somebody who mm-hmm. created political havoc. And, and so, you know, America really is in the same situation that the first century church was in. The first century uh, Jews were in yeah. where, where we think our, uh, our king, our savior, is going to come through a political system. Now, there's going to be people who, who say that they disagree with me, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm just going to say, show me by your actions that you disagree with me, because everything that you're doing, everything that you're saying, says that your faith and your trust and your hope is in the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. And, and show me how I'm wrong, and then I'll agree with you, but you can't. Yeah. Because all you're going to do is defend the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it 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 puts me in a weird place. Yeah. Um, especially being where we are, you know, because because that my opinion is not a very popular opinion. Yeah. But but I believe it it's what the Bible teaches Christians to do. So, whoever you vote for, 
in the upcoming election. Vote for them out of your conscience. Mm -hmm. Vote for them as you believe the Bible has has directed you to vote. Um, and and if you want to have a discussion about that vote, uh, we're we're always open for a good discussion. Yes, mm -hmm. uh, we. We might even be willing to have somebody on to talk about it. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. I mean, really, and, and that's the thing, like, vote your conscience, but don't shame other believers for voting not in a line with your conscience. Like, yeah. I know I know people, I don't know any believers who are voting for Biden, but I do know believers that are going to vote for Joe Jorgensen. Mm -hmm. They're very vocal about voting for her. Um, I after a quick read of her website, there's a lot of things that she stands for that I agree with. Um, there's some things that I have a question mark about, mm -hmm. um, just, or that I just don't agree with. And, and that's part of the reason why I didn't feel comfortable voting for her. Um, Trump's track record is, is very uh, attractive as well. Mm -hmm. If you look at his body of work again, um, the one thing I would say is, if at all possible, you know, as believers, yes, we need to care about the character of, of the people we're voting for. Um, but we also need to take a long look at policies and, and what they've accomplished and what they have done. Mm -hmm. um, if you take, if you had taken the, um, just the, the work that Donald Trump has done and applied it to somebody who was, genuine and kind and it, if mike pence had done what donald trump has done <laughs> let's let's say that if mike pence was the president yeah would you would you rick have a hard time voting for mike pence oh not not in the least bit okay not not one time and and because mike pence to me embodies the i guess the calm I think is what I'm trying to say. Mm -hmm. You know, he's very meticulous. Yes. He doesn't speak out of turn very often. Yes. Um, you know, and, and I, I'm going to say, say this in, in fairness to my criticism of Donald Trump, um, he has been absolutely positively without a doubt land blasted by the media. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's like, Donald Trump walks out on the balcony and, and the headlines read, uh, you know, Donald Trump misogynist shows patriarchal KKK wave from the, the balcony. You know, they're, they're just they're throwing as much spaghetti against the wall to see what sticks. Mm -hmm. um, and they have relentlessly attacked him to the point where. I would say they have unfairly, relentlessly attacked him. Yeah, and 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 to me, it makes it very difficult to listen to any of the MSM, the yes. mainstream media. Yes. You know, even I mean CNN and MSNBC and and CBS, like those go without saying because they are traditionally very left leaning. But even Fox mm -hmm. is hard to watch now. Yeah, you, you, you just don't know. That's why I look for third. I hate to say third party, but third party, uh, yeah, political. I, I have really gotten to where I will look at an article, and the only things I will look at in the article is direct quotes from whatever person they are critiquing. Mm. Um, you know, if they say, you know, Donald Trump wants to kill babies, you know, the headline says Donald Trump wants to kill babies. Okay, well, I'm going to click on the article, and then it's 
Donald Trump saying, you know, um, we we've got whatever, and they're and they're doing this, and they're call and and they're bringing babies into the into the America to do this and that, and they're and they're destroying America through these babies. That, and I'm and I'm like, okay, that is not at all what Donald Trump said. Yeah, you know, and and so at the point where I I have always tried, and I and I try to now even kind of disregard headlines because headlines to me have become so clickbait. Well, I mean, they're very easy to manipulate. Yes. You can, you can twist any words to say anything for a headline. And when you click on the article, people will be like, that's not at all what the article actually exactly. said. Exactly. But there's so many uninformed people who only read headlines mm -hmm. and, and they'll say things like, well, Trump is a racist. Okay. How is Trump a racist? Well, I don't know this article. And I was like, well, did you read that article? Well, no, I didn't yeah. read that article. Yeah. Oh, so you don't know that Trump is a racist. All you know is some headline on an article told you that Trump was a racist, yeah. and so you're going to parrot that. Congratulations, yeah. you're an idiot. Yeah. The, the, other, <laughs> the other funny thing about people claiming Trump is a racist is that they only started claiming that about four years ago. Yeah. When he became a Republican, suddenly he became a racist. Yes. It's a miracle. It's a so, miracle how that happens. Yeah. Kind of like Kamala Harris used to be Indian, and now she's black. I, I don't know. Four years ago, she was Indian, now she's black. Yeah. Um. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> She's not even African-American black. She's Caribbean black. Yeah. So. I'm probably going to get labeled a racist for saying that. We both probably are. It's fine. It's okay. I don't, I don't mind. So, whoever you vote for, vote for that person out of your conscience. Yes. Um, and, and, and stand by your decision. Yeah. And, and, and again, don't, uh, don't mistreat people who don't vote the way you vote. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, because... There are going to be people who don't vote like you. We need um, a little more civility in America. Yeah, we really do. And, and honestly, if we had more two-sided conversations instead of one-sided shouting matches, I think we'd have a much better situation in our country than we do right now. Yes, so. I completely agree with that. So we're going to leave it there. Yes. Uh, vote for who you vote for. And Patrick, if they want to find us on social media, where would they do that? You can find us on Instagram at beers and Bible underscore. You can find us on Twitter at beers and Bible P one. You can find us on Facebook by searching beers and Bible podcasts and finding our logo. Um, and then just follow us there. And then you can also email us. We are at beers and Bible podcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, if you have any questions or, or anything about anything we've discussed, we'd love to, we'd love to discuss that with you guys there. If you have any beer suggestions, we would love to hear those as well. Um, we look forward to, to hearing from you and, and interacting with you and uh, finding out kind of where we're going with this. So There we go. So until next week, have some cold beer and some good discussion, and we will see you later. Peace out. If you enjoy what you hear on Beers and Bible, please consider leaving a five-star rating and review on your podcast platform to help us promote this podcast. 